through his mouth and speak loud and clear. Again, the writings of Rabash, beginning with uh, the question is, comma, what is the evil? The question is, what is the evil we should correct so as to be good? one is unable to do anything for the sake of the Creator. Only through the light of Torah will the heart be corrected. For the heart is called desire. And by nature, it is a desire only to receive. But how can a person go against nature? This is why the Creator said, I've created the evil inclination, I've created the Torah as a spice. It follows that he's not learning Torah for the intellect to understand. But he's learning in order to understand so as to achieve adhesion with the Creator, who is clothed in the Torah. And this pertains to the heart. Through the light he will receive, it warms him. Meaning that the will to receive for his own sake and receive a power from above that enables it to work for the sake of the Creator. It follows that when he wants to begin the work of Lishma, which pertains to the work of the individuals, He's shown that learning Lolishma is not the end of the road, as he first thought in the beginning of his learning. Rather, the learning Lolishma should aim. In the learning Lolishma, we should aim to bring us into learning Lishma. For this reason, once he has learned about the intention to achieve the aim to bestow by receiving the light of the Torah, he comes to the fourth discernment in the study of Torah called Torah of Life. It is written, Rabbi Meir says, anyone who engages in the Torah Lishma is rewarded with many things, and the secrets of Torah are revealed to him. This means that then he is rewarded with the Torah, which is the names of the Creator. This is what the Zohar calls the Torah, and Israel and the Creator are one. Accordingly, should make two discernments in the Torah which pertain to the heart. The light of Torah which pertains to establishing faith in the heart. This is the meaning of the light in it reforms him. 
the Torah that pertains to the heart. As it is written, and you shall speak to all the wise-hearted whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. In the words of the Zohar, this is called one who does not know the ways of the upper one and the commandments of the upper one, how will he serve him? It is written about it in the book, The Sages' Fruits. Hence, you best grip unto the goal of yearning for the commandment of the upper one. For one who does not know the ways of the upper one and the commandments of the upper one, which are the secrets of Torah, how will he serve him? Thus, the meaning of Torah and work is that he learns Torah in order for the Torah to bring him the light of Torah. By this, he will be able to invert the vessels of reception to work in order to bestow. With these vessels, you will be rewarded with a division with the Creator called learning Torah, Lishma, for her sake. By this, we can interpret what our sages said. A good thought, the Creator adds to it, adds it to an act. When a person learns Torah in order to come to actions, meaning an act of making the vessels of bestow. Since a person cannot do this by himself, due to the evil in his heart, when he sees that a person has a great yearning for this end, the Creator gives him the light of Torah, which reforms him. This is the meaning of the Creator adds it to an act. That is, now he does the act by giving him the light of Torah, an act results. Accordingly, we see that, in truth, from the side of man came nothing more than a good thought. That is, he thought that vessels of bestowal were a good thing, but in truth, who did the work for man to be rewarded with these vessels? Only the Creator, by giving him the light of Torah, which is the one who wears, who is clothed in the Torah. This is written, a good thought that a person has, the Creator makes it so that there will be an act here too. It is, as our sages said, he who comes to purify is aided. It turns out that on the part of men, there is nothing more than coming to purify. 
which is called a good thought. Afterward, the Creator gives him the assistance, adding it to an act. In light of the above, we should interpret what is written, and you will speak to all of the wise-hearted whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. We asked, what is the connection to the wise-hearted? Since wisdom pertains to the mind, brain. The thing is that we should make two discernments in the Torah, which pertain to Lishma. One, vessel. Two, light. The vessel that is fit to receive the light must be in equivalence with the light. For on this, there was the restriction and concealment. We learned that Malchut of Ein Sof, which is the root of the created beings, desired adhesion called equivalence of form. All the corrections are only about performing this correction. To correct the vessels of reception, so they work. They will work in order to bestow. Therefore, the person who is born with the will to receive and wants to correct it, to work in order to bestow, since this is against nature, he has only one counsel. Only the light of Torah can invert him into working in order to bestow. As it is written, I have created the evil inclination, I have created the Torah as a spice, and the light in it reforms the heart. It is said that evil means receiving for one's self. And good is when his heart is only about bestowal and not about reception. For this reason, those who engage in Torah not necessarily in order to know the rules and customs, how to observe the mitzvot, but they have another exalted role that they are learning Torah in order to correct the heart. They are called wise-hearted since everything is named after its action. For this reason, the Torah they learn with this intention is called wise-hearted and not wise-minded since they need the Torah in order to correct the heart. In this way, you should interpret what is written, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. Once they have the vessels that are suitable for the light, as the light that comes from above is to bestow, likewise, the vessel should also aim to bestow, since they already have this vessel, which they have obtained 
through the light of Torah, they are already called wise-hearted. If they learned Torah in order to correct the heart, that is, they have suitable vessels. Therefore, they should receive the Torah, which is called Torah of Life. This is the meaning of the words whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, pertaining to the light, that is, the light too goes to the heart, because once they have acquired new vessels called vessels of bestow, and they want to bestow contentment upon the Creator, they see that only one thing is missing in the king's house. Since our sages said, the Creator said to the angels, when he came to create Adam Harishon, and the angels were complaining to him, what is this like? Like a king who has a tower filled abundantly, but no guests. What pleasure has he from his work? Therefore, when a person wishes only to bring contentment to to the Creator, his heart, which wants to enjoy giving something to the King, to delight him, finds only one thing that the King can enjoy. That they will receive from him the delight and pleasure that he wishes to give to the created beings. Since there is a tower filled abundantly, and he wishes to be the Creator's guest, to come into the, into the tower and receive from him delight, as this is the King's pleasure. It follows that the light of Torah that a person wants to receive as Torah of life is of man's heart. Meaning, so he will have something with which to delight the king. This is the meaning of the words, and you will speak to all the wise-hearted whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that is, I have filled him with the spirit of wisdom, whom, the wise-hearted, this pertains to the light, for the light comes to the wise-hearted. The heart is called desire, and it wants to receive the Torah of life in order to thereby delight the Creator. As in the allegory about the king who has a tower filled abundantly, but no guests. According to the above, we should interpret what our sages said. He would say, a good guest, what does he say? What trouble has the host gone through for me? And all his trouble were only for me. 
It is known that it is impossible to be a guest, but only where there is a host. Therefore, when a person believes in the Creator, that he is the landlord of the world, and a person feels that he is a guest, and he wants to adhere to him, as our sages said about the verse, and to adhere unto him, which means adhere unto his attributes. As he is merciful, so you be merciful. This is called a good guest. The meaning of good is, as it is written, my heart overflows with a good thing. I say, my work is for the king. It means that all his actions will be only for the king, meaning for the creator. This is called a good thing. Then, when all his actions are in order to bestow, he is regarded as wise-hearted. It comes to a state of Torah of life, which is the names of the Creator, where the delight and pleasure that He wished to give to the created beings is found. At that time, He says, everything that the host did, He did, only for me, and not at all for himself. As in the allegory about the king who has a tower filled abundantly, but no guests. Now we can interpret the secrets of Torah, meaning which secret the Torah reveals. We should interpret this in two discernments. One, the Torah reveals something new to the person which he did not know before. This is because man is born with a nature of wanting to receive. When told to work with a desire to bestow, it is to him unimportant and despicable. The body wants to run away from such desires since it can only lose if it uses the vessels of bestowal. However, when a person learns Torah with the aim to be rewarded with the light of Torah, because this light reforms him, this light of Torah reveals something new to him, which he did not know before. That is, now he knows the complete opposite of what he thought before. Before he was rewarded with the light of Torah, he knew that what is important to men is primarily the vessels of reception. Or with the vessels of reception, he can receive the joys of life. Firstly, with acts of bestowal, 
he can only do good to others so that they too will enjoy the world through his help. However, this is only for the purpose of the, or because of a mitzvah, because he feels sorry for others who cannot provide for themselves and he is helping them. Certainly, he expects those people whom he benefits not to be ungrateful and that they will respect him, etc. But now, by being rewarded with the light of Torah which reforms him, Something new has been revealed to him. By using the vessels of reception, he loses life and delight and pleasure for himself. If he will use the vessels of bestowal for the sake of others, he will receive true delight and pleasure for himself. Only through vessels of bestowal does he gain for himself delight and pleasure. Whereas, with vessels of reception, he loses delight and pleasure. This secret has now been revealed to him through the light of the Torah. This we can interpret what our sages said, I saw an opposite world, the upper ones below, and the lower ones above. should interpret that something new has been revealed to him. What is regarded as upper ones in the world of falsehood, meaning vessels of reception, which is an important thing, called upper ones, in the world of truth, meaning when one is rewarded with the light of Torah, regarded as being rewarded with the truth, then we see the lower ones above. In the world of falsehood, the vessels of bestowal are regarded as having inferior importance and are degraded. Meaning, sometimes, when a person must work with them, he tastes in them the taste of lowliness. Since he does not see what the will to receive for himself gains from them. But there, in the world of truth, they are of superior importance. Because only through them is it possible to acquire any delight and pleasure. Therefore, it turns out that the lower ones are of superior importance. This is the meaning of the words, upper ones, below. Vessels of reception are appreciated in the world of falsehood, for we use only the vessels of reception for ourselves, because we think that through them we can enjoy. But in the world of truth, meaning when one is rewarded with the light of Torah, we see something new that has been revealed. Vessels of reception only causes losses in life. 
They interfere with our attainment of the delight and pleasure. It turns out that the upper ones are of inferior importance. This is the secret for which the Torah is called the secrets of Torah, as it reveals the truth to men. Torah reveals that the name Secrets of Torah is given because before he attains the vessels of bestowal through the light of Torah, he attains only the clothings of Torah, where the Creator is clothed in the clothings, the garments. Now, the one who wears, who is clothed in the Torah, also becomes revealed to the person. This Torah is called Torah of Life, which is the names of the Creator. This is called the Torah, and Israel and the Creator are one. This, we will understand what we asked, what are Torah and work in the work. The answer is that he learns Torah in order to be able to do the work, which is called, which God has created to do. That is, the created beings must do the work of converting the will to receive into a will to bestow. By that, they will have adhesion, which is equivalence of form. And they will also be able to receive the delight and pleasure, which is the purpose of creation. Thank you, dear Rav. It says here, as it is written, a good deed that the person has, a good thought that the person has, the Creator makes it so that it will be an act there too. As our sages said, one who comes to purify is aided. It follows that on the part of man there is no more than he comes to purify, which is considered called that he has a good thought. And the Creator gives him assistance, or the, uh, gives him the act. He adds it to an act. What does it mean that the person only has a good thought and the Creator adds it to an act? If a person has a goal of reaching bestowal, then the Creator shapes all kinds of actions for him by which he comes to that. Gilad, you wanted something? Exactly the same question. I put my finger on the same uh, same words. So in the first stage, we need to have a good thought, otherwise there will be no act. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how do we reach a good thought? That too is by the light that reforms. And we expect that to happen 
out of the efforts that a person makes. So first we should think and want to have a, a thought and a desire to change our nature. Again. And then the same light also makes that change in our nature. Yes. In order to have this desire to change our nature to begin with, this is actually all of our work. Yes. Yes. What is this concept of being a guest? Being a guest. The main difference is accepting that there is a landlord above you. So we become a good guest. A good guest is that to begin with, he says that whatever I receive, I receive because the host thinks about me in advance. We learn that there is a certain stage where a person aspires to be the slave, the servant of the Creator. It doesn't coincide with the concept of a guest. So... What would you call a guest then? A guest, according to what he says, is the host prepared everything for me, it's all for me, all of these good things. And a slave, it's the opposite. I think of everything for his sake, for his benefit. Yes, you start that way, and you end as a guest. Yes. I don't understand. Oh, the moment that I understand this thing, that I that everything has been done and prepared for me, the purpose is that I will now give contentment to the Creator. With that, how with all of that, I don't swallow up all of this uh, pleasure for myself. That is by not leaving the governance of the host and understanding that everything he did was for you. What does it mean for you? For you to reach adhesion with him. But how do I remain in adhesion with him? Because here, this is where I can get lost the moment that I feel this pleasure, that he's taking care of me, there is a creator above me, there is all of that. Suddenly here I steal from him, I, I rob this work from him. This all depends on the intention. Some use it to receive, others use it in order to bestow. So this pleasure of reception, how do I turn it into bestowed? Because now I feel the taste. It depends on the greatness of the giver. Actually, the greatness is what keeps the adhesion. Yes. Okay. Yes. Sounds as though in order to advance in spirituality, we have to start with this uh, feeling of uh, the guest 
to believe that everything was created for me, for those who uh, want to advance for the ten, and bit by bit we advance in this uh, state or awareness of uh, being a slave, the slave of the Creator. So the question is, is there a stage where we nevertheless should feel that we are the host, the bosses of, any, of anything, we are the landlords of something? You actually have to come from a state where you feel that to a feeling that you're a guest. From a state where I feel that something, uh, that I deserve something, that I own something, to reach a feeling where I don't deserve anything, not I don't own anything. Yes. That awareness where I realize that everything actually belongs to the to some upper force. Because you want to connect to the host, to adhere to him, then you're willing to do everything in order to be close to him. Then we reach the feeling that I want to be the slave of the Creator because it's a greater thing to be the servant of the Creator. To the extent that you feel that all that the host did was for you, then you are willing to reach for his sake. So the Kabbalist says he keeps on advancing at some point. Does he feel that he's uh, the landlord of something or it always remains there between the guest and the host? He perhaps is in charge of only nullifying himself, receiving intentions to bestow, and nullifying himself in order to bestow. With respect to the ten, with respect to my friends, I should always be in between a guest and a slave, or other, other kinds of thought or consciousness that we need to reach. No, but... By nullifying yourself, you discover that you rise to the higher levels. Inside, won't know what is happening inside. Yes. So how do we correct the intention inside? By the intention. This is what I don't manage to understand. This act that the person does, it, uh, he calculates what he's doing and does it with an intention that it will help him reach bestow resemblance to the Creator. Yes, that's how it started. But in the end, he sees that it didn't work this way. True, this is how it started, but then what? That's what I don't manage to understand. How do we correct it? So he asks, so probably his intention was not correct, not good. And he once again asks the Creator to help him. What can the friends do, if anything, uh, to help in that place, not in the place of the action, but in the place of the intention? Specifically in this place, the friends can help, as everyone connects around the same intention and to bestow to one upper one. 
איך? לא, לא, לא הבנתי. שהאדם נכלל But I don't come here to give him contentment. So what am I lacking? So you're not coming to correct the heart. Because your heart, to begin with, is built the way that, according to your heart, you feel how much you want to benefit yourself. That's the intention of the heart in the beginning, the evil inclination, as it's called. And you now want to, want to transform your heart to a good inclination, to the opposite. So, on top of all the states you feel, you wish to aim them to the opposite. This means that in a certain stage I will have to bring in this uh, contentment. In the end, the correction of the heart, like you said, is actually about giving him contentment. Yes. I came here to correct my heart and I don't bring in also this intention of uh, contentment. Then, no correction of the heart. Then there's no correction of the heart. So is this some sort of preparation? Because yesterday we t- you talked about the preparation to this transition between Lolishma and Lishma. Yes. Ken. Okay, with that, what is the uh, extent of the revelation of the secret? He says it's a secret that a person is told that the ego actually harms him. How much should this secret be revealed to a person so the person would stop using his ego? How much is required? As much as needed. So it's a gradual revelation that the ego is harmful, like he said, but there is a certain quota when he no longer wants to use it. Yes. Also, this thing, it sounds uh, odd. It's uh, like a, an egoistic bottom line. Okay, so this thing, this ego doesn't do good to me. So this uh, bottom line brings me to the fact that here I'm not going to enjoy with the ego, so I'm going to switch over to the quality of pistol. That's the bottom line. It sounds uh, egoistic or maybe... Yes, let's say so. So what? So you've already arrived at a state where what was the good angel and the bad angel, they changed places. Yeah. Actually, that's all we lack. Is this secret that the Torah reveals to us? Maybe we should ask for it, that it will become revealed to us faster, that the ego is harming us. If it was obvious that the ego is harming us, then, I mean... 
but it's not clear to us that the ego is really harming us. To continue, on the, on the one hand, we need to restrict our will to receive. On the other hand, we do need to use it. Yes. We need the power of the desire. So, what result should I look forward to from the correction? What should I expect? What do you want? I want... Typically, you want a greater intention. But what becomes revealed is the gap. Again and again and again, you discover that you are far away from it. It makes you despair. So what fuel do I need? What motivation in order to get into it? You see, on the one hand, we restrict our desire. On the other hand, we need the power of the vessel. But then you only discover the despair, more and more despair. So I give up on, on, um, on my own forces. I despair of my own forces. But on the other hand, you do want to see the result, the result of what you do. Between the friends and... Uh, the result is negative. Each time you discover, you can't do it. Yeah. So you enter a state where you really uh, despair. Yeah, this is called being bold here and there. So, indeed, I'm, I'm confused. What do we do? Only adhesion with the society. Only adhesion to the society where you find adhesion with the Creator. And what will serve for me as a fuel when I, when I do something? So I can do something? That negative fuel meaning that you've discovered that all the other things lead you to, to harm, cause harm to you. And, and that will give me the... Uh... Mm-hmm. Eyal described before a state where a person is already performing acts for the society externally. But the intention usually is not clean. It's for myself. And he asked about the correction. In my opinion, there is such a state which is a high state when a person is in that he's clarifying his intention, he thinks about why did he do it, but I wanted to ask about a point where a person performs actions out of uh, everything but leave. This is the only thing he has. He doesn't even have the strength to perform an action or connect. And he does it without any intention. Can such a thing be that he's performing an action without any intention? It's completely impossible. Anything but leave, does that too have value, sometimes I feel there's more value in that than... Yes, I understand you. It's true. It's true. 
רב לגבי bringing contentment to the creator what is man's inclination before he works so that now at least his direction is to bring contentment to the creator through his action so what's the scrutiny what is why does he want that why should he want that he should He should answer it. I don't know. The person should answer that. Why should he give contentment to the Creator? So what does it mean to bring contentment to the Creator in a clean way, correct way, that the person really needs to achieve such a direction? That light shines to him through the vessels of his soul, then he realizes that acting in bestowal is the true, correct acting. Meaning that it's not him. Well, of course it's not him. It just works on him. Yeah. Yes. Everyone's enjoying it. I'm outside. Yes. And so, so Either, either I shouldn't have an urge to get in and then I'll be like everyone here and just calm and carrying suitcases all throughout life. And I have something that uh, bugs me even more. So either he takes my desire for it or I'll be just happy carrying suitcases here like everyone or that he should put me in. Why? Because I have this desire to, to get in. But he he explains to to me, he gives me this awakening once in a while and says, make another effort, I'll let you in. Now, I I also tried once to stop, just to get out of here, and uh, I went out and then I was brought here, back. You understand, it's... uh, There's nothing you can do. You have to keep going. But there is something here like either either I'm wrong or something's missing. And the environment also doesn't give you a desire to get in. It just says carrying suitcases enough is great and big. Also the environment like doesn't have a, it's a holy environment. But it sanctifies only carrying the suitcases. It doesn't want to receive any more from the Creator. That's the problem. It's like I'm not suitable for this environment. They they're good with carrying suitcases, and I have a desire that is um, higher. Unfortunately, to to get in, yeah. Why? What for? To enjoy all of the. Oh, you want to enjoy oh, that too? Because the purpose of creation is to enjoy. You build the tower filled with good for me. And. And he doesn't let me. Don't you want to scrutinize why he doesn't want to? I'm trying to. Maybe you have some something. I'm confused. But you're 
But you're already inside, inside the tower with them sitting there. You open to everyone. I see this kind of picture in my mind. You're you're with them inside and I'm outside. You're on the outside. Mm. And not much time is left, really. Not not much time is left. That's for sure. So What do you mean you don't have a lot of time left? I don't know how long I'll have to be here and hear you, see you, and and the the situation, the war, your your health. I don't know how long I have left. What will happen with you afterwards? We'll sit here, we'll watch recording lesson every day, the same thing, the same lesson, and that's it. You want to have something better. You want to be inside. And what if you don't deserve it? What? I'm better off dead then. What can I do? Just uh, flow that way and that's it. As long as you're, you're all good. You're all sitting inside in the tower. But they are enjoying the fact that they are delighting the Creator. I want that too. Do it. Apparently you're thinking about how to do good to yourself. If I make a good action with a bad, with an incorrect intention, can that be a reason for a shattering in the tent? Then what could be your advice to maybe do some preparation before the action so the intention is correct or something else? The only advice is to be together with the friends. And null yourself and null yourself and connect with the friends. Buongiorno Rab. Noi ci relazioniamo attraverso i suoi esercizi, attraverso i suoi consigli in decina, ma cadiamo spesso in filosofia. Relate to each other in the tent through the exercises we receive from him. But many times we fall into philosophy. So what does it really mean, this action of restriction in the ten? To make a restriction in the ten, what does it mean? What do I say about it? The ten has to restrict itself eventually from all of the corporeal actions and want only to carry out a spiritual action, which is connection, action and an ascent. How does the desire to get in to, to the Creator, how to correct it to be in order to bestow? Uh, 
напрямую. И у нас появилось бы одно намерение. Повлиять на товарищей, повлиять на... Meaning I need the feeling of the Creator to, to bestow to the friends, to influence the friends? Yes. And this is the correction of the desire, meaning I do it not for myself. What comes first, to the feeling of the Creator or first correcting the direction? Correct the direction. Our thoughts and uh, feelings come from the Creator. When we are in the will to receive, in bad thoughts and bad thoughts surround us. Do we have the power to change these thoughts? Can we change a bad thought into a good one? Or should we scrutinize it and... Uh, Turn to the Creator to make that change in you. Obviously, a person can't do it. But after he sees that he can, then he has another opportunity to turn to the Creator. And the Creator will make that change. And the Creator does. Center About the palace. I feel I want to receive from the palace, as the friend said, and I don't know how to change the desires so that I will want to bestow upon the one who is in the palace. Yes. How do I change it? Only by a prayer to the Creator. Anything you don't understand or can't scrutinize, that you have doubts either this way or that way, you have an opportunity to turn to the Creator and demand of Him, ask of Him to help you. To connect to that state and find the solution. It's written in the article that one who was below should rise up. It basically, it talks about the people of Israel. After all, the shattering, we feel the lowest. After everything that happened here in Israel and after our work, especially in the last uh, Congress, it was very powerful. Do you feel a change in the nation upwards, or is everything still in its own place? There is a change. Thank you. But it opens before us 
a lot more opportunities to demand and rise or to demand to rise and then we will be rewarded with new forces yes our state what it seems to us it still doesn't seem as if it's the worst and here's the thing that on one hand we need to be in the worst state on the second hand we have to be on a state the best state and to understand these things and to connect them we cannot do Let's hope we'll get to it. Yes, Can we continue about the division in the nation, or is it not right for this lesson? Try, give me one sentence. One sentence. It seems like the division in, in the Israeli society is very profound. It's, it's very deep. It's ideological. And exactly what we're learning here is what they're missing. It's like a puzzle. But you see that exact, what we're learning is exactly what's missing. This is the uh, spine that's missing in, in the people of Israel. It's always been missing since Abraham. It hasn't changed. Right. Why is it so difficult for us to convey the message? It seems simple to us. So why is there such a gap between the simplicity of our message and the ability to perceive it on the outside. Ken. Yes. We need more and more to try and be in the state until it will all be revealed in all its true form. Yep. What else is missing in order for it to be revealed? We need to reveal our responsibility towards the whole world. And our responsibility for the whole world and our responsibility for the Creator, both of them have to connect bring us to a necessity for the correction. When you talk about our responsibility, you mean Bnei Baruch or the people of Israel? I think both. Both. The people of Israel is the external form 
of the system of correction, and we are the internal part of the system of correction. Basically, our field of work is here with us, with the world clay, to work on this topic of our responsibility toward the world and toward the Creator. Yes. And this is what will lead afterwards in the external, to the externality, as it's written in the introduction to the Book of Zohar? Yes. Ken. We have to reveal our responsibility for the whole world and our responsibility toward the Creator. What is our responsibility toward the Creator? In order to relate ourselves to the correction of the whole world and by this to give him contentment. In other words, our responsibility toward the Creator is the match between humanity and the upper force to bring in contentment? Yes. Okay. To continue that, why is it impossible to connect internality and externality right now? We can maintain the internality in ourselves and go with it. But we can also go outside and touch the external ones, and we can draw the external ones to us and refine them here in the morning lesson with everything we do. And we can do the same in conveying to them internality, but without drawing them into Kabbalah, and thinking that if you don't study Kabbalah, then uh, you're nothing. You are my beloved. You are my partsuf. You are my sphira. I want you. Take from me what you want. And to go out with the right message, with the right form, but to touch him. And also to pull him here and then correct it here between us but to be in contact. Because it's as if we stop. Now we need to be in and do everything we need until we get to the people, but these are our children. So why not to touch them now? They aren't hearing us. That's a problem. But maybe we should try. Maybe we should try. Maybe we should go out to them. Let's go out to them. There's people here who take care of them, go to them and ask them why they are still not doing it. But in truth, we already started the process. We started talking, we started sitting and building all kinds of things, and I believe it will... uh... Good luck. What are we doing? Can you elaborate on what is the soul? Because I understand that creation is directed toward the souls. A soul. Which is the subject that the Creator wants to develop all the time to come to complete attainment of the Creator. But what is, how should a soul relate to creation? The soul is part of creation. 
So what's the difference between being incorporated in something, being a part of something, and being the thing itself? It all depends how you separate it and study it. When I look at creation, should I say that it's a part of me, that it is me, or should I say that it is something that the Creator created and I'm only incorporated in it? No. The soul, neshama, is creation. From it being separated from everything, the soul is actually the essence of the created being. Should the created being hold both ends? On the one hand, it's outside of creation. On the other hand, it contains all of creation? No, it depends on the degree of its perception. Sorry for asking again. How should we relate to creation? What do you mean by creation? What is your meaning by saying creation? I understand that I have to come to a state where I give contentment to the Creator through everything that He created, but I don't know how to relate to everything He created. How do I position everything He created with respect to me? I can't define what you're asking. Who can help him? You sure? No. Well? How do I relate to the still vegetative and animate to all of creation that I find with my senses? This is how I understand it. There's also the concept of connection between the souls, which is even more confusing. Okay. You need to summarize it in a clearer way. Creation means everything that is extended from the Creator and exists outside of Him. And is given in our perception. We are able to perceive. Balasulam writes here that the souls are included in the Creator. We also read about Sfiot and lights in the Sfiot and vessels. So still, what does it mean that the souls are included in the Creator. Souls meaning included in the Creator seems to me like it means that they attain the Creator. In a system, if we speak in the language of the Sfirot, the Sfirot are, are vessels, so the Creator is a light in those vessels. Yes, the light of Ein Sof, infinity. The light of Ein Sof in those vessels. Beersheva. Beersheva. 
Good morning, World 10. About Aya's question, if I can try and say what he meant, can I say it? Of? Can I relate to it? When Aya asked the question, what should my relation towards creation be? Yes. I felt that his question wanted to say that there's light in a vessel. How do I just take away all the concealments he created and build that direct relation that I exist and the Creator exists? That's according to what I understood that Eyal was asking. Thank you, Love. Basically, all of creation is what connects you to the Creator. Yeah, but he wants to make everything disappear in order to reach a direct connection to what the Creator created. He created the world for me and me to serve my Maker. And the whole question is, how do I... Create this attitude without all these concealments. It's impossible. You need to develop the vessels within you to sympathize with all of these degrees until you come to a state where there is nothing that uh, removes you from the Creator. I guess that's what he was asking. So let him think and ask again. Let's wish him good luck that he will take us there too. Do you hear it? A friend was asking about Nanas besides him. On one hand, the created being has to reach a perception of Nanas besides him that fills all of reality. Yes. On the other hand, the person is given a feeling that he's outside of creation, that he's separated, and he can perceive Nanas besides him beyond that perception. How does that serve the purpose of creation? Those Two perceptions. How does that serve the purpose of creation? We can perceive the worlds and everything within them. We can speak about the Creator who influences the worlds and how He created them. And we can speak about ourselves, how we change, and accordingly, how we attain the worlds. This is our limitation. Yes. And what you just described, there's a perception of a created being they can discern the worlds, he can have discernments, but along with that, he still, there's still none else besides him, meaning that it's not his discernments, but that he's like activated in a process here. Yes. So this perception, is it right that I feel that there's two perceptions, that that's the purpose of creation, that there also be the one perceiving now besides them? 
In none else besides him, no. is there a place for the created being? No. So who's perceiving the worlds or the sermons? Those who perceive, perceive. Those who define it in such a way, this is called the creator, created being. And how, in the same breath, let's say, how... Does he feel none else besides him? To the extent that he discovers the Creator in his attainment, to that extent, this is what he calls it. I'll think about it.